Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Another milestone, another whatcha. It's time to dive deep into what your normie hosts are enjoying on Normies Like Us. This is what we're up against. Harry Silver. That is the baby Colin Robinson, I assume. He really loves musical theater. What have the dark Lord Roth. Ha ha, hey ha, how you doing? Are you here? Wanted you to know that he changed his styles after all. You heard it up top. We're back with another one-of-a-kind Normie special. It's a whatcha episode where we're going to go around and let you get to know your host just a little bit better. As they dive in with whatcha whatcha, what they're watching, reading, playing, enjoying, all that good stuff. With your hosts, uh, Colin. Mike, just Mike. And this is Jacob. Hello, normies. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Are you talking to me or the listeners? You know, normies like us. Everyone. I don't know if they're similar to us or they just enjoy us. That's the mystery of the name We're of the, the show. We're the normies. They're That's the right. normies. We're they're all like the normies. We're all the normies. Yes. Except for not the YouTube channel that also has that name. That, fuck them. No. You know? <laughs> they're <laughs> not the normies. <laughs> right. uh, totally coincidental. But yeah, we're here doing a whatcha, you know, 210, t- 210 of these. Um, I guess, you know, a good way to open it up is, you know, we just all kind of had a big um, like weekend trip, you know, together as I, you might know. We, That's right. Went on the annual normies like us uh, retreat, of course, yes, where the we corporate retreat. <laughs> go out to a cabin in the woods. We tell each other how normies are what we are. Trust falls. No, we went on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. team building. We right? went on uh, a separate vacation with us and our uh, fantasy football crew. Uh, as we've mentioned in the past, we're fantasy footballers on here, and we did sort of a draftcation. Uh, and rented a house in Las Vegas. Uh, good work, Jacob, for putting that together. Yeah, it's that's right. Viva Las Vegas. Ooh. Uh, and yeah, the house was great. We had a great time. Had a little pool action, little uh, yes. fantasy drafting. And yes. then uh, what did we do? We went to Excalibur yeah. the Casino, the, the night-themed casino. And we went to, yes, their <laughs> version of uh, Medieval Times. Yeah, I think and we were we did that. We were really high on fantasy because of fantasy football one and then obviously right. uh, House yeah. of the Dragon, Rings of Power. We were just like, you know, fantasy, yeah. let's go to Excalibur, right? We wanted dinner and a we show. We put the fantasy and fantasy football, Mike. Mm-hmm. You're right. We absolutely did. And nobody uh you know, nothing went wrong. There was certainly no flat tires part way through. Air conditioners no, were great. All made a ton yep. of money. Uh huh. Yep. So um, Yes. Definitely weirdly, didn't get COVID. At the no. casino. <laughs> oh, no. Wear your masks when you're at the casinos. But uh, everyone, honestly, stay safe out there. Check the boosters, right? Colin, it's yes. ironic mm. that you and I are both wearing the same tank tops we wore when we arrived to Vegas. That's true. Wow. That's if you're true. watching this on YouTube, we are wearing the Vegas outfits. So, yeah. yeah it was uh, a hot one. We were living that desert life. Um, yeah, I, I'm very happy we did it. Fantasy football reactions. Everybody's kind of happy with their draft. We now, Mm -hmm. uh, normies, as you listen to this, have completed our first week of football, uh, a first full week, and uh, it blew it for me. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm very mad. Yeah, Jacob, how are you feeling? Yeah. You know, I'm feeling okay. You know, I didn't have the best week, but I think I'm going to pull off the win against our buddy Joe. uh, Mm. So that feels good. Mm -hmm. I can give you a little history just real quick about our league. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, but I started, <laughs> we started this league in like 2015, I think. 
And so this is our eighth annual year of doing this league. And I'm, I'm very proud of us for sticking with something for so long. Uh, but it's been really fun, you know, over the years doing this thing. So I hope we continue it for forever, you know. Same thing with normies like us. We'll continue many more seasons, right? We have a little bit of That's catching right. up to do to catch up to the best friends forever fantasy football league. But uh, That's it's a fun right. trip. And I think we're going to try to make that kind of destination draft uh, thing just to kind of stay in touch with everybody. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it a is a time. bummer that uh, when my therapist asked me, like, prove you can commit to something, the evidence I can have is like <laughs> this podcast and our fantasy football league. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm consistent. Come on. It's um, a good way course. for friends as you get older to have something yes. to do together and have a reason to get together or talk and that kind of thing. As you know, as you get into your 30s or, you know, eventually 40s, people drift apart. So it's good to have things to keep friendships together right absolutely absolutely and um you know we talk you know movies comics video games marvel right all kinds of nerdy stuff uh but fantasy football is certainly i think the nerdiest thing that i do and i play dean really so (laughs) it is absolutely the single nerdiest thing that i partake in how dare you (laughs) that's interesting that you think that because i would argue that it's much more normie than something like D. &D. like Mm. i I feel like more people watching football is normie Playing fantasy yes, very also, seriously is very nerdy. <laughs> that's true, but at the same time, I, I would I would guess that more people in the world play fantasy football than play D anD D on average. I always think of that uh, scene in that's Knocked possible. Up where Paul Rudd gets caught playing fantasy baseball. You know, when his wife thinks he's having an affair, and she's like, oh, "You're sure. just a nerd. You're just a loser." And he's like, <laughs> "Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is the perfect uh, you know avenue of." you know, football, you know, sports jock stuff mixed with yeah. nerd stuff. So it gives the nerds something to care about sports for. And depending know? on how serious you are, right? If you're sent spending upwards of five plus hours a week doing research and shit. Yeah. It's, that's pretty nerdy. And I do do that. I mean, you do the, you, well, you do the podcast, Mike, you do like the fantasy footballers, right? You're, you're getting all yeah, those shout great out to podcasts. fantasy footballers, fantasy shout out to pros, those guys. fantasy headliners. There's a lot of them. I don't want to divulge. So my competition doesn't. Oh, it. your sources. I have, I have many wow. sources. Um, and usually I'm just <laughs> fishing for confirmation bias for them to say, you did pick a good guy. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and Mike, how are you feeling about your team right now? <sighs> Terrible. In fact, I think I'm already. I know you had a major injury. On your yeah, team, right? One of my quarterbacks, we do two quarterback league, Dak Prescott, he's already out. I lost my tight end, George Kittle, and I have the lowest score of the week, potentially the whole year already. So I'm wow. feeling great. So great that uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the escapism in which I've engaged in to avoid my emotions regarding fantasy football, but <laughs> not loving it. But, you know, long That's season. Right. We'll see if we can turn it around. And when we do our draft, we always have our mainstay uh, media or movies that we play. We have... The great movie uh, Draft Day, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, uh, mm-hmm. Little Giants. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, what are some other ones? Necessary well, I Roughness, know. I think we watched. Yeah, Longest we yard. did. And I was really blowing your guys' <laughs> That's mind a good one. Necessary Roughness. Now, should we say, too, when we were so jazzed up post our jousting extravaganza uh, gambling in Las Vegas, Spain. we came back. I know you guys wanted to talk about this, but we threw on A Knight's Tale, which That's I know right. is like – a favorite across the board for the guys on this podcast. Yeah, right? hell so yeah. We figured hell yeah. keep the nights going. And one one quick thing, fantasy note. Um, 
I, I lost last year. I got last place. Oh, there it is. And they told me I have to keep it in the background of the podcast yes. we record. So That's there right. it is. That's if right. you're watching on YouTube. Wow. So not only am I doing terribly right now, but I'm faced with a constant reminder of my previous failures. So it's a, it's a good headspace to be in, I think, for the next uh, 16 weeks. Get the absolutely. bad mojo, man. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely, he says. <laughs> the guy who's won it the most. But um, speaking of a night's tale, you know, and the uh, nights spent in Vegas after the fantasy draft, let's talk about some of the some of the watches, what we've been doing uh, since then and prior to that. Just dive in. Yeah. Episode 210. Well, I wanted to ask really quick about the uh, Excalibur thing, uh, just really quick. What did you guys think of that? And have you had any other experience with uh, the medieval times type stuff? You know, I have been to the one out here, Jacob, um, in Mm -hmm. Anaheim, California, um, for uh, Joe's birthday. I got to say, I found them to be completely comparable. I mean, it was fucking Mm -hmm. 11 years ago at this point, but I I think I remember it almost being beat for beat. And I just thought it was a hoot both times. I I hope you guys did too. Yeah, Yeah, I I liked it a lot. Um, You know, they had different sections that you could sit in based on the country, right? So we were sitting in Spain. Spain. We were just rooting for the Lord of Spain. Spain. (laughs) We love Spain. Spain. Yeah. We love it. No, it was a blast. And, uh, you know, the choreography is great. The acting and everything Mm. that they do, like, very impressive. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I've been to the one in Anaheim. I've also been to the Pirate Dinner Adventure. You know, different Mm. time period, but similar (laughs) thing. You get a section where you cheer for, oh, the Blue Pirate or whatever, the Blue Knight. Um, I think the Vegas one was a little bit more extravagant, if I recall. Like, there wasn't as much fire effects and crazy stuff in the Anaheim one. Um, Mm. So I, so I enjoyed them both. And, you know, we blew our voices out screaming Spain. You know what I mean? That's right. Yep. Um, so we got, it evolved into pro wrestling. You know, it, it became very kind yeah. of um, very fun kind of crowd interaction. So, so I enjoyed that uh, a lot. One of the highlights of the trip for sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to. Oh, yeah. The other. Uh, so with the going out to the night's dinner and then we're watching Night's Tale. Right. That's like a whole deal. Um and I forgot my segue, so that's it. You know, we we had well, fun with it. <laughs> we, here, here's the thing, I you know, on my mind still is nope, and I know we had all these conversations. That's where I wanted to go about these the horses oh, in the show. Yes, yes, <laughs> thank about you. the horses in the show, Mike, because we were all kind of having this conversation afterwards. It was like, wow, these horses are in the middle of smoke, pyrotechnics. Right. They run. 20 feet, like not even that far. What do you guys think, right? A joust yeah, is 20 feet at no, most. No, it's a couple, a little like burst, 200 feet maybe. Gone. But yeah, it's a small area. And um, okay. we're, and, we're out on nothing. the strip. You, well, I know, and we're saying, what, we're just thinking, where do the horses go after what, this? And we have all this nope live? information. Yeah, <laughs> right, where, right. What is their lives? What is their, and you know, we're just, I'm just thinking about that so much. And I'll, I'll talk about what I just think more about nope later on in this. But then to get to... Um, the jousting of it all, and maybe to go into Knight's Tale. Is, yeah, you know, you're watching, you're watching two very basic jousts, basically, right? There's not even that many people who kind of like really go for. It. Is there three even? Yeah, there's like two or three passes, maybe, I think maybe just two. Yeah, 
yeah. lot of hand-to-hand fighting post-jousting, but you don't really see a lot of it. And then I was Googling good jousting movies, and Mike, you just pointed out, it's like, there are no other. It is mm-hmm. just a knight's tale. Knight's tale. Just a knight's tale. Yeah. It's the only one. Yeah. And, G- and Jacob, <laughs> and you now Game feet. of Thrones, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It has some, some extra, but as far as movies go. Yeah. There should be more jousting movies, if you ask me. I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. 100% agree. I think we're going to be in the fantasy corner for a bit here, because I think we do want to talk <laughs> Hot D, House of the Dragon, yes. Rings of Power, a little bit of updates, and then obviously we watched the knight's tale when we got back from Excalibur. Yeah. Yes, um, a man well, can't nice change tale. his stars, and I just need to say, if I'm going to get through ah, fantasy, I need God to believe damn it, that. Mike. God damn you! The quote <laughs> exactly. Of the God damn you. Um, no, yeah. when we did get home from Vegas, like we watched it, you know, uh, half, you know, part part watched it while we were hanging out, and then when I got home, Maybe I drunk. did put it on mm-hmm. and uh, watched <sighs> the whole movie by myself, and was like, "Damn, <sighs> what a good movie, man!" With wooden, such toggles. a great cast. Yep. You know, Heath Ledger. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Uh, Paul, Bettany. Paul Bettany. That's who I was thinking of. Um, ah. Just a great cast. A lot of and comic just, book uh, connections. or superhero movie connections. He's the Joker, baby. Yeah. You know, we get a robot. Alan Tudyk now plays the Joker on that Harley Quinn show. So it's very interesting mm. to see the two Jokers kind of be best huh. friends in this. Has Paul mm. Bettany been a Joker in anything? We have the three <laughs> he's Jokers. Been, uh, he's been a robot, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, Mark Addy, there's your uh, uh, Game of Thrones connection. Robert Baratheon himself is also the other lackey. To now, That's side true. tangent, the movie I watched when I got home, Jacob, Flintstones, Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, <laughs> which of course, Mark Addy is the fucking Fred Flintstones. And we watched Incredible. it in Vegas. Oh, my God. Incredible. It's, it's, it, it all it, connects. It, very, very fitting. Yeah, we get to the, the hot. Yeah, Mark Addy. I like him a lot, and uh, he's kind of perfect for the fantasy genre because he's just got that British accent. He just looks like he should be in, in medieval he, times. He could be know? a king. He could be the tavern keep. He could be the squire. Yeah. Like, he could do it all, man. Yeah, he's great. Um, but, yeah, it's a great jousting movie. And, yeah, Colin, I was our, reading your yeah. – uh, well, I was reading Colin's letterboxed review of it from mm. when he last watched it because oh, I was incredible. just curious. Mm. And uh, you made, I thought, a really good point. It's – Almost more of a high school movie than a sports. Oh yes, movie. with yes. the yes, very you know, much so. Heath Ledger being the new kid. Yes. There's the jocks that are like the popular kids. There's the popular girl that he falls in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all fits, right? And wow. the modern dance music, and then of course there is a big dance scene in the movie. And you're like, yes, oh, this is great. and he he kind of got noticed from like, was it Ten Things I Hate About You or something? Yeah, yes. yeah. So he's very much uh, the high school heartthrob at this point in his career. Absolutely. He hasn't taken leading man. This is one of his first leading roles, I think, and, and I think he does a great right. job. And rest in God, peace. I, I love this him, movie guys. so much. And his yeah. his love interest in that Shannon Sosaman, I think your name is, and she yes. just feels like such a nineties like high school love interest kind of character. He's just gone. She's mm. just gone, Jacob. Yeah, These she women didn't do in the nineties. They're just gone. Mm-hmm. Well, I was looking at what actually some of the. But cast, she's iconic in that movie in Night's Tale for sure. Totally. Um, you might be surprised to find out, Colin. So the so Kate, the uh, female uh, blacksmith that that joins oh, his yes. team, the, Nike, the French right. lady, right? You know who that she was in? Uh, she was in Breaking Bad. She played Lydia in Breaking Bad. You know, oh, Lydia. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of blew my mind when I looked that up. Yeah, with uh, fifty-gallon drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but just you Todd. know, just a great movie. I think really underrated movie. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Was there a movie I where mean, Todd we... was a medieval soldier? 
right? Mm, I think we've seen him. I mean, I know him from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Well, right in. I think I've seen Todd in armor at some point, you know, but that's fair. If you remember, we talked Heath on this podcast ever before. I mean, we did Dark Knight, right? We haven't done a Legends episode on him. We should really. No. Um, It's just, it's so, I just wonder if young people even just understand, but it really was this thing where it was our generation's James Dean. He was this guy who just was at the biggest he had ever been. He was so incredible. And I remember where I was. I was a freshman in college. I was walking to an English class and we had TVs at Wright State. uh, If you remember this, Jacob, down in the tunnels, do you remember those things? And they would just play the news. Mm. Everybody stopped by one. I just remember thinking, this is, I mean, this can't happen. Yeah. Well, remember when he first got cast in The Dark Knight, people were like, wow, what a weird choice. Because I think his early career, he reminded me a lot of uh, early Leonardo DiCaprio, where he started as like a teen heartthrob. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, wait, this guy's actually a really good actor. Starts doing different serious roles and stuff. And I feel yep. like Heath Ledger was just at that point where he's breaking into these more serious roles. And then, you know, obviously he, he passed away, but that was such a, like a left turn of a, of a pick for the Joker. And people were like, what, this guy, this like teen heartthrob is going to be the Joker. And a lot of people thought he was going to be a terrible choice. And then he, you know, proved them all wrong. So. He's become the measuring stick by which all Jokers are measured, including Jack Nicholson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those who came mm-hmm. before and after are all compared to that. And everyone says, you know, if the Dark Knight's not the best batman movie it's certainly the best joker movie because he's really the best thing about that um say argue with that what you will but he he really makes that movie um and if i'm going to introduce someone like my favorite heath ledger movie is a knight's tale i think he's just so charming and handsome and it's got a lot of heart and it's just fun and uh i do highly recommend knight's tale if you haven't seen it it's a great sunday afternoon kind of lazy sunday movie it's perfect sure And of course, he did Brokeback Mountain like a couple years after that. And that's when mm-hmm. people are like, oh, shit, like this guy could act. Give him an Oscar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Got Oscar nominated or won. I can't remember. But uh, Ang Lee, of course, directed that movie. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, a great career cut short and he could have had many great roles after that. But yeah, uh, very much. You know, R.I.P. Rest in peace. You're missed. But uh, left behind, you know, enough of a legacy that we could still enjoy it. And I'm glad we were able to tap into the Knight's Tale. And I, I, it's always uh, a comforting rewatch for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, other fantasy stuff while we're over here, right? We have uh, another, yeah, another week of Hot D and another week of Rings of Power. Have you guys caught up all the way? Let's, I've seen both. Now, well, I say let's nip the one in the bud then and just say... I have not watched Lord of the Rings. I will not be continuing to watch Lord of the Rings. All right. Jacob, Mm. you? I did not watch the third episode. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue like right away or or what, but I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. um, I think it's safe to say Rings of Power. I mean, at least for us, there are people out there who are like, oh, this is, this is great. Right. I just think it's extremely, extremely boring. I described it as, Watching it feels like when you're stuck behind somebody at the grocery store or at the mall and they're just walking super slow and you can't get around them and you're just like, just fucking move, just like move. The plot is so slow. And the only way to describe without spoilers really is we're three hours in. I still feel like they're setting things up. Meanwhile, in Lord of the Rings movies, we were already through the mines of Moria and had the Urukai attack and lost Boromir. And I'm still just fucking bored. You know, so that's my rating. It's boring. Yeah. No, I think I've brought this up a few times. Like 
the whole streaming thing now, it's like streaming versus movies. Movies used to be like a two hour to three hour contained thing. You'd have to tell an entire story in that time. Even last uh, 90 minutes, right? Yeah. And it could be done, obviously. Now everything's streaming. Everything's drawn out. And it's like, well, why, why make a two hour movie when you can make an eight hour series and just pad it out and stretch eight it weeks out? of twe- tweeting and arguing. Yeah. Or- I just feel like that's how everything's going now from the Star Wars shows, these Marvel shows, like everything. It's just like so much content now to watch. And it's just like, remember when we just used to have movies that you could just watch a two hour movie and just be done with no. it? Back in my day, it definitely feels padded for time, much like Obi-Wan, which, you know, we did a fan edit, you know, me in front of the show, Adam, there's another fan edit that's pretty popular out there taking the six hours under two. This is just... Mm. Man, it's really boring. It's hard to connect with any of the characters. And um, what's interesting to throw it to Hot D is that the way it kind of should be working, because Galadriel's so old and they're doing such a slow burn, they should be leaning on the time jumps, using Galadriel as the fixture who doesn't age in the elves, and showing how the world is changing around her and how their relationship with beings that aren't as long-lived as them is, right? Like, that's... So they should be doing time jumps. Meanwhile, they're not. And... Hot D is using time jumps and their pacing is, is right on. So if we want to switch over to Hot D, a show that's much Let's more exciting. It. Now, listeners, yeah. again, spoilers for everything we're talking about, but I'm going to say Hot D especially because I know all three of us are kind of very invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I'm curious. Let's continue on this thread. Your opinion. I had confessed to Jacob recently that those time jumps really bugged me at first, but now I'm like understanding that it is like the instrument of the entire show of what it's based around. Are you enjoying them? I am as, as two prequel series, right. That are loosely based on other literature, whether completely written clearly like the book, ice and fire or more the appendices, right. You know, that we're basing it Mm. off of the prequel. Yeah, like the the series that deals with just humans where it feels like you could not do a time jump and spend five seasons doing it, they're doing it very effectively. And I'm now engaged with that storytelling device. Meanwhile, the thing that has, you know, infinitely aged beings, they're not doing time jumps and I'm extremely bored. So uh, I'm on board with it. I know at some point they're going to become the adult versions. But so far, um, I'm really kind of digging the time jumps because I like... The little bit of time it takes me to orient myself, you know, with what's kind of changed now. Oh, he got a haircut, right? It's like, okay. Um, yeah. I think they're yeah. doing a pretty elegant he job with it, Colin. I don't know how you feel about it. I, yeah, I'm noticing those subtle things as well. Um, <laughs> yes, I was saying to Jacob that, you know, uh, originally it just it just seemed like such a waste to me because you're you're losing these precious moments, interactions but now I really see that they see, no, 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 it's this bigger picture thing of we're catching you up to the points where these people have to make the most critical decisions of their lives. Would you mm-hmm. say, yeah. Jacob? Yeah, I think it's comparing it to Game of Thrones. Obviously, there was less time jumps in that. It was kind of an ongoing story about all these characters that's happening right now. This show, it's based on obviously that Fired Ice, which is a historical retelling that's told by different unreliable narrators. So it's kind of interesting. I think they might be doing a sort of unreliable narrator thing too, but I like the time jumps because it's like, it's all the important moments in these people's lives leading up to, like you said, these, you know, what it's leading up to, but uh, it's kind of bigger in scope where it's, it's telling this story over years. 
and jumping, you know, years at a time in between episodes, just to give you like the bullet points of what these people are doing in their lives, essentially. Well, And as a viewer, you just go like, well, hold on, slow down. Isn't it more important that we see her become pregnant with this firstborn boy who will challenge the succession and go through? And these showrunners very interestingly go, no, no, no. It's much more shocking to see her pregnant with the second child and for this boy to already be introduced in her life and for her to have this reaction of I'm against my stepmom, I'm against my dad now, and I'm against this fucking baby. You have to watch mm -hmm. a character that you've sort of moved towards enjoying really kind of pivot into making these hard decisions and turns. When Colin, you said, you know, in our first episode review, um, you kind of see where things are going. It's kind of like you're not sure like how it's going to surprise you i think that's kind of the surprise of things is these jumps in time and being like all that stuff you know this is four years past you know and i just think it's a really interesting way to do this show it's almost like a a, a, the boyhood approach right you kind of go to all these pivotal moments throughout someone's life like you said the key decisions right and again i'm gonna gonna do this where rings of power it's like nobody has made a single key decision hard like it's just all the banal day-to-day shit they're they're like what if we only made a show about the four years in between the interesting decisions right (laughs) no right really bad so so hot d again really really doing a great job i think with the time jumps and the way they're executing that with the writing and yeah it's like a snapshot of like all right and two years later this is how the landscape looks like. This relationship's yeah. a little tighter. This this you know political group is a little more friction, and you're just like, okay, let's go. Yeah, also, it's such an interesting way to yeah. Go ahead. I just want to say, I feel like I won. You know, like those pools when people pick who's going to win the Bachelor. Oh God damn you! Every I, time I see I him, knew like, it, man, <laughs> Sir Kristen or whatever. Every time oh, I Kristen Cole, I told oh, you he's my say, favorite. Well, yeah. I was are we be a are we all? Well, you knew caught up to the most recent per this yeah. uh, recording yes okay. so this is definitely for appointment three, viewing something. for me like there's Very nothing like so. uh you know back in the day i used to watch football at you know in the fall and then sunday night it would be game of thrones night and now i feel like we're back to that same routine and i love it and that's how i know it's fall you know now this yeah. one was shocking to me jacob because mm. of all the adult stuff that occurred. You know, it was yes. less on the action because our last week we got that fantastic finale with the Crab Man. Spent where a lot of money on dragons, stuff. yeah. <laughs> right. This one, we're yeah. pulling back. We're going to do crazy character development of let's expose this girl to the adult side of the world. And I was yes. truly aghast the entire time. And to the Christian Cole of it all, Mike, mm-hmm. that ending as well, I was like, there are... So many webs being tangled it's right now. Insane, you right? need to stop. You <laughs> mm-hmm. don't understand what you're doing, little Well, girl. think about, you know, all the pressure that she's under as a princess, oh as the heir to the throne. She needs to find a husband, all this stuff. And she's just like, I just want to live my life. Am I not I supposed just to be the queen who could do whatever the fuck I want? Right. Right. Yeah. And again, she's pointing out the dichotomy between, you know, men and women and how they're, you know, how they're, they live their lives back in, you know, medieval times and stuff where... You know, if you were a prince, you could go, you know, have sex with a bunch of prostitutes and stuff and no one would really care. But as a woman, you're expected, you know, to live differently and be a maiden and all this. So it just well, shows you just the the mm-hmm. low folk having the freedom, quote unquote, to do what they want. But they don't. Yeah. There is no freedom to that. And her and him, Christian Cole saying back, I think a lot of people would trade <laughs> positions with you. Yeah. So I, yeah. That kind of shows worried. her. Yeah. Her yeah. shelteredness of but being a like, princess oh, Jasmine. I mean, right. As a, 
Yeah. So I can marry for love. And then he's like, yeah, "Yeah, but like you're like people are living in like mud outside and you're, you have I'm like the fact that I have a last name is like crazy. Right. (laughs) The people that you consider poor who live in the city are actually middle class. Wait till you see what's outside of the city, bro. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, Um, But yeah, we see. uh, Yeah, it's a little bit slower. I thought it was the slowest episode, but it's it's a lot of human drama. And like you said, a lot of, uh, you know, sexuality and uh, her kind of exploring her sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she, you know, her uncle, uh, Damon, comes back. Mm. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I, I knew this read was going to happen. Right. See, I didn't uh, read that with the necklace, but you kind of keyed in on it. No. You, so. I, I might have spoiled it for you guys a little bit, but no. uh, it was kind of foreshadowed, maybe. But uh, well, yeah. Not so like they, this. <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, but should we say, just to give a brief Yeah, I mean, this basically. is going to be spoilers if you watch this. If you haven't, you know, skip ahead about you know, 10 minutes or so, you know, that's it. Yeah, they fuck around. Yeah, they go out in the, you know, in the night, go into, you know, some salacious areas or whatever. And uh, some street yeah, vendors a little at bit first. of incest. There is. But what's what's interesting is it's almost like Damon, you know, he likes that he's kind of pulling the string. And, and as soon as she's like about it, he's like, oh, shit, I didn't plan for this. Yes. I wanted to make her kind of yeah. weird about, you know, just what he's like, right. He, he just fucking wants dips. to be the one to expose it to her. And mm-hmm. have that control. And I think he is excited by the fact of that it seems to him like, oh, she has not been ruined by anything. I am the one sort of who has the power here. But like you said, mm-hmm. Mike, the second that it sort of becomes on equal grounds or even that she asserts the dominance of or remember who's in charge here, mm-hmm. it kind of um, loses it for him. And then he just well, kind Damon- of dips. Yeah, he's such an interesting character to me because he's such a mixture of like, sometimes he's likable and like can be charming, but he's also like a lot of times like an asshole and a bad guy. And like, he's such an interesting mixture. I don't know where his character is going exactly yet. Like if he's supposed to be the hero of the story or the villain of the story or what, you know, maybe neither. I mean, yeah. Cause like he, he, he does seem like charming. And you know, give Matt Smith credit. I, I talked a lot of shit about that wig and he is one <laughs> of the most too. interesting characters, at least, you know, from like a moral ambiguity standpoint because he does do objectively bad things in sense bad right you know he does bad things but there's a complexity to his character too and it's fascinating to watch it unfold um and we'll see where it goes but he clearly uh did not get the the outcome of this situation that he was hoping for uh, yeah, he kind of breaks it off. So they don't go all the way, right? They just kind of make out a little bit. bit. Oh, I didn't understand that. I definitely thought they did. No, yeah, because then she wants did. to go and talk to Kristen Cole because she gets yeah. blue balled. So and then, so then she finished up. Yeah, yeah. she's blue balled. She goes back to her room and seduces she's her guard, Kristen Cole, which that scene True. I thought was like one of the most tastefully done sex scenes in all of Game of Thrones, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's really just a very, like, loving scene where they don't, you know, it's not very salacious at all. It's just a, it's just a love scene. Fingers in your You roll your you know? eyes. Yes. Um, a yeah. When mirror, the showrunners yeah. are like, we're going to do less, you know, sexual assault stuff. And you're like, that's Game of Thrones bread and butter. Like, fuck you. Good luck. But in this, you're like, oh, actually, you've made a moment of genuine romance. Fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and, whole dynamic but, now is weird. Go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. Well, she's just putting 
Kristen Cole into a very hard spot because obviously, you know, she seduced him. He's obviously, you know, in love with her or whatever, but he's also her, you know, inferior in her, her subject. And so it's just yeah. putting in, she has a position of power over him. So it's just very interesting too. The right. um, messenger who takes, or, or I'm sorry, the, the bard who's performing for, uh, what is her name again? Regera. I always say it wrong. Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, um, yeah. when Alicent comes and is like, um, should I leave princess? No, the queen says you should stay. You know, that moment where that guy was like, which one do I listen to? And he was like, right. down like a robot. Mm-hmm. We are going to get a Christian Cole moment of the king, Rhaenyra, maybe Alicent as well. And mm. you're just going to see him torn apart by duty here. Pretty soon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah, it's always the, uh, the lesser privileged people that are getting the shaft in game of thrones right and i think it's it's not going to end well for kristen cole i don't think in the game of thrones it's the pawns that go down first right you know what i mean yeah um, but uh it, i think the highlight of that scene is though it is uh princess renera like she is asserting her sexuality and her control over who she wants to be with right which most people are not going to be down with that in the middle ages but like that's the point of the scene is she's able to choose just like a man in that time would choose who you know so she's asserting a little bit of power but there is a power dynamic between them like you said which is interesting and it's going to put him in a quite a pickle uh right. down the road here especially if who who knows what happens if she ends up being with child or something i know they brought her that potion but that now changes everything so we'll see My, what happens that scene was wild yeah it's they tea. brought her that uh the medieval plan it's B. hard to brew yeah plan oh, t what do you mean plan yeah plan um, t <laughs> oh man and also we find out you know at the end of the episode she's now going to have to marry uh lanor valerian who is the son of sir corliss valerian the other son uh, of the sea snake yes yeah, the he's the dragon rider who helped with the plan with daemon right yes so they're solidifying the targaryen bloodline also kind of mending that political dispute between uh lord corliss and the king uh very interesting stuff i think we're there. loving it it's yeah i don't want to yeah. run too long on it but i do think yeah. we're, we're in a very interesting place now um where even the king you know he's he can be naive sometimes but this episode he also shows that he gets the big picture you know you are my political headache like rhaenyra like i'm right. trying to oh, set I you up for success line. but you are like making everything fucking hard for me you yeah know, like he finally and also snaps. with uh the hand of the king Otto hightower He's like, Exposed you don't think I can a, see what done. you're doing? Like, you're, yeah. fuck, you're, you're making your daughter on me. Like, <laughs> you're yeah. spying on my daughter, making now, rumors about her and her uncle. Fuck yeah, off, you're not man. as clever as you think you are. And I like we that. We saw the um, city's reaction, of course, the lowborn people with the play, and that, you know, Damon says straight up, like, you need to publicize yourself like these people do not want a girl running this kingdom right Mm -hmm. right she says uh, their opinion doesn't matter and he says it kind of fucking does if you're going to rule them (laughs) you know so and damon of course you know how interested is he in rhaenyra as a person and how interested is he in marrying her to get her you know, to get closer to the throne, essentially. Right. Which That's seems the other like question. Even the whole play to hand off his crown and look like he's going to be cool about it. But then it's he makes a pass at Rhaenyra. And now it's like it's all political. And the, the Game of Thrones yeah. has begun. And I think we're just That's now right. getting into the upward momentum. It's very exciting. Yes. Well, can I ask one last question? I know we're wrapping up on this and we'll get out of this. But Jacob, mm-hmm. the king, Viserys, his injuries are that is that because of how badass the throne is at this time? Is that what keeps yeah. just like cutting the shit out of him? So, of course, the throne is oh, made yeah. from all the melted down swords of all the people that the Targaryens have conquered. Uh, 
melted with dragon fire and made into a chair and it's just constantly cutting him as he sits on it and he's just dying slowly from that's a for thousand small cuts on want the, yeah that's what a great metaphor and i do like damon handing him the crab feeders hammer put it on the chair yeah. He just calls it the exactly. chair. Exactly, and that's uh, <laughs> and Aegon the car- the Conqueror specifically made it that way because he wanted the chair to be uncomfortable for anyone to sit in because you Amazing. know leadership is uncomfortable, right? So, yeah. wow, really that's cool stuff, stuff there. That is very yeah. cool. So, yeah, of the two, I mean, Rings of Power. Just wait till it's done. Maybe binge it if it, if you hear it's good. I'll keep watching it weekly. But Hot D is is appointment viewing, know. like Jacob said. I think it's, it's absolutely great. Oh yeah. And if you want we more medieval action, Knights Tail it up. Yeah. We might be yeah, back at the end of the season. Very true. Yeah. And I don't know how many seasons they're planning to do with this. Like, I don't know how long the story can go Let on for. Run, baby. Yeah, I'm into it. And the yep. only thing that's sad, I think, is that the, you know, Millie Alcock and uh, Emily Carey, who played the young Alicent and Rainier, I think they're great, but uh, they're going to be recast with older actresses pretty soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and by the way, I was talking to my sister about this show, and she's loving it too. Her main complaint was she's like, why are all the Targaryens so ugly? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she was like, Opposite. no, like Matt Smith, she does not like Matt Smith. And then she's wow. even like uh, Rhaenyra, she does not find Rhaenyra to be good looking. She's like, I thought the Targaryens were all supposed to be like, you know, impossibly beautiful kind of, that's how they're described in the books. But uh, so she's like, why are they getting all these ugly actors? But that's her opinion. Wild. <laughs> um, yeah. Non-conventionally featured, let's say. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're... They're doing a good job, I think. Again, they, Matt, they've all grown on me. The King, Rhaenyra, yeah. Matt Smith. Like I think they've all grown on me. And she uh, did say she liked so. the uh, the short haired Matt Smith a little better this episode. So I, you know, Matt, I would agree yeah. with that. And yeah. Mike said the same thing about wigs. Um, all right, yeah. I say let's jump out of this real quick. Let's do some other just quick wrap ups and say, Mike, our dumb Resident Evil Netflix show was officially canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any Ooh. any sad thoughts about that? Any last line? And we saw it coming. You think you yes. would ever watch it again, though, as, as goofy as it was? You know, and I still even recommended it to my father, and he has not watched it. And now I'm even like, don't Ooh. even bother. So mm-hmm. no, I, I don't think I'll ever be back, Mike. Yeah. So Colin, Jacob, you watch please that. Don't uh, ever do it. I've never been a Resident Evil person, but I might give mm-hmm. it a try sometime. Don't. You watch that Cowboy Bebop show on Netflix, yes. right? And that got yes, canceled yes, yes. like immediately after it came out. And that out. I was mm-hmm. heartbroken by. You know, but yeah. this, but same fan reaction, Jacob, where it's immediate that people are just like, I disapprove of this existing. Right. <laughs> well, sometimes people are a little too quick to hate on things just because it's different than the source material or something. With this, it's like it seemed like they changed a lot about the what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil. So it's mm-hmm, kind of doomed much. to fail from the beginning. Uh, but I don't know why they can't just adapt the story that people want. From the excuse the me games. jacob it was resident <laughs> evil it had doberman dogs in it so. mm-hmm. oh of course <laughs> there's a it just seems like they've there's never been a faithful adaptation of the game story like just you game, say that yeah. right to mila jovovich <laughs> yeah oh yeah. man yeah they, they they haven't done it we talked about that on the episode you know they should just do yeah. the resident evil one storyline and then resident yes. evil two like mansion spooky mansion but they never will yeah. they're cowards or just skip um, to resident evil 4 everyone liked that game yeah. and that story well, now right? they're remaking that you yeah. could do resident evil 4 but um yeah. what do you call it anyway uh <laughs> just make a live action resident evil village getting dlc in october looking forward to that i guess it's a quick watch and note i'm uh, very looking forward to that uh resident evil village new stuff coming down the pipe so 
I'm excited yeah. for that. At Two least. other episode wrap-ups that we've done. Thor Love and Thunder, now streaming on Disney Plus, post their mm. dumb Disney Plus day, whatever that bullshit is. And mm. Jurassic World, whatever that third one's called, is also streaming on Peacock. And so Morbius. And Morbius. Streaming. <laughs> we have not, excuse me, we have not done a Morbius episode. You didn't this. hear Don't our say his name more than one three times or he'll appear. <laughs> oh, no. Normies. Matt Smith Look is already cl- too close. Oh, no. <laughs> He's morbid out. Jacob's secret Morbius episode. <laughs> it's three hours long. It's just him. It's a live it's just commentary. Me he watches it, it out. twice. Uh-huh. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love and Thunder, I think, pretty mids, we agreed. Dominion, yeah. I think, is the worst Jurassic World, Jurassic but Park let me ask movie, you this. probably. Mike, you saw both of those. Are you going to rewatch any of them? No, never. Okay. Well, the only thing I heard about the Jurassic World is that there's a director's cut that's supposedly better right. than the theatrical cut. Oh, okay. So you might want to rewatch it. Just yeah, for I no. <laughs> Even though Jay no. Bayona, you know, my favorite Jurassic director, you know, he Mike. did Rings of Power. He's let me down there too. Quiet. So I can't even I watch Fallen you. Kingdom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, stinkers. Uh, take All a right. quick break. Maybe hop on some final other little little what we've been watching. Second segment. Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's do it. You'll never get a second chance. Plan all your moves in advance. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead, stay dead and out of this world. Run fast, don't stand in the sun. There's too much work to be done. We're back. Here on Normies Like Us, where you're doing a special listen to an episode called A Whatcha, where your hosts are just letting you know what they're watching. We just wrapped up, up top, talking up uh, what's been happening in some things we've done in prior episodes. Go back and listen to those uh, full ones if you want our opinions. Mm-hmm. But now we're just going to kick it off with going around, talking about what we're watching. Mike, whatcha, whatcha? Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I see some notes. Uh, I'll just do a, a very short one to kick it off. Um Cobra Kai came out, obviously big fans. Mm. I watched the entire uh, series in one night, and uh, next week I think <laughs> we're going to be back to talk about the this the Quicksilver method of it all. So, very oh my excited god, to talk surprising about it. no one that you watched it that fast, and Normies yeah. shouldn't no. surprise you at all if no. you're a regular listener of this podcast that we're going to be covering it again. Like I of stream, course. I stream hard, I stream fast, and I stream with no mercy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jacob, did you watch any of this yet? I haven't yet. Um, just uh, been watching other things, but I'm excited to dive into that. And yeah, get back ten episodes, about thirty five minutes each. So, and Mike, it, they're not hour longs. So that surprises me every time I turn on a new season, where I'm like, these things are thirty minutes. I'm gonna fucking fly. Yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, makes yeah. it nice. Yeah, um, good watch. I did the first three already, Mike. I've gasped twice and cried once uh-huh. so i just to set you up there jacob and you're the re- most Go ahead. oh sorry and how would you compare it like would you say this season's better than last season or how would i was think? so nervous with how last season ended that things were gonna take too long for this new one or play out in certain ways the way that it has started with these three I've watched, I have been incredibly satisfied. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just say, um, having seen it all, no spoilers, it's it's worth it. You know, it, it maybe is a little slower to start. Like once episode three is done, I think you're locked in and the, the next seven are really, really great. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm going to finish it tonight. And it kicks the shit out of Rings of Power. It's like, it's one of the wow. most tightly written cinematic universes 
Like if you love yeah. the Karate Kid universe, they make all the callbacks and like no right. single line of dialogue is ever thrown aside. They mine it for all it's worth and they do it again this season. It's incredible. So I'll talk about it. Well, next that's week something more. that, yeah, that's something that kind of blows my mind every season because every season I'm like, how are they going to top this season? And then they bring in, you know, all these new characters and, and make them interesting. It's just like, and they're like phasing out older characters like our like our guy that's going to be Blue Beetle and everything. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing in new blood. But I'm just like, how are they going to top? Like last season, they brought in Terry Silver. How are they going to top that? But mm -hmm. they I'm excited, do. man. Here's the yeah. thing, though. It's, it it's very hard to write a, an MCU, right, where you need to know 100 years of comics history. But if someone just said, your job is to watch three movies over and over again. <laughs> and, you right. know, I, I could probably handle that. So yeah. And you're arguing with people why the third one is the best one. And they're like, you're yeah. hired. There's only 72 total characters. What, what the hell could you do? really? <laughs> Look, are wrong? they bringing in, well, don't spoil it for me, but I, are yes. they bringing in Mike, Mike white, or what is his name? The bad boy. Of karate? I'm sorry. Are you asking about karate's bad boy? <laughs> Mike see. Barnes. Mike Barnes, yeah. Karate's bad boy. Snake, maybe. If you want to be a bad boy, he's the one to be bad with. We'll have to tune in and see, okay? Oh, but, uh, God, I'm Mike. excited. I'm what excited. What a season. So that's it. Uh, high recommend. And catch us yes. next week. Finish it between now and then if you want to have a spoiler discussion with us. So, yeah. Uh, Jacob, how about you? What's your what's your, what's your? Well, um, yeah, I haven't started that yet. I've just been looking for, you know, I'm like, what am I going to watch on Hulu? I'm looking on Hulu. Uh well, one thing is Reservation Dogs. I know, Mike, you watched that. We could talk a little about, about that. Mm -hmm. But just recently, I started watching this show. It's on there. It's called Pam and Tommy. Mm. Have you guys heard of this show? Love um, Pam and Tommy. This is, of course, of it, about... Yes, this is a true, kinda, true crime kind of story about Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee, the famous sex tape that was stolen and released on the internet and everything. Um, and it's an eight-part miniseries uh and it's so interesting and it's so well done um of course you have sebastian stan as tommy lee uh lily james uh, lily james as, uh, who plays uh pamela anderson, anderson. and now, they Jacob, both knocked it out of the park i just finished it last night mm. and uh they both knock it out of the park in terms of wow. the transformation of becoming these two people and looking so much like the real people it's insane and acting like them so they do a great job seth rogan plays the guy that stole the tape uh and he does mm -hmm. he does great as well and it kind of just, just so humanizes strange. all the angles of this like you you think that this is going to be the bad guy because obviously stealing a sex tape without people's consent very bad thing to do uh mm -hmm. but it kind of shows you where he's coming from like why he did it and it just humanizes and it obviously Pamela Anderson, the number one kind of victim of the whole story, it humanizes her. And it's just so well done. It's very interesting. 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 That that uh, to piggyback off that really quick, I watched a documentary series on Netflix called um, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It's about the guy who started mm -hmm. that revenge porn website. Is anybody up oh, or whatever? God. Despicable human being. But just seeing people, you know, like the Seth Rogen character. Right. But this guy is uniformly the villain. And it's just a fascinating. Right. Mike. In the show, thing. you see someone discover how to create internet pornography. And it is just a fascinating glimpse for someone our age, I would say, Jacob, to just yeah. be like, Jesus Christ, I do remember when things were like that. Right. Thought, well, of course, this yeah. is the the mid-90s. So, obviously, internet is still in its, like, dial-up phase. You know, video quality isn't the best. But the, the advent of streaming sites and that kind of thing, you see all that, how that started. Um, and with the Seth Rogen character, he's kind of just this like 
kind of put upon handyman who's been screwed over by life so many times that he just kind of snaps and mm-hmm. does this one bad thing and, and karma and you kind of see how karma affects him and he his life basically gets shit on from that point and it's just how this one event kind of ruined three people's lives to the degree that it did it's just fascinating does it have a satisfying climax would you say <laughs> uh, Pam and uh yeah um okay. but the transformation i mean they i know yeah, they had Tommy like fucks you mike <laughs> yeah I, like I with tommy it. lee obviously he has tattoos all over his body so they had to you know stick these tattoos on sebastian stan and that's incredible i agree with yeah. you it's kind of undersung in comparison to this next one but jacob mm. the emmys are happening right now how mm. does lily james not win oh she absolutely should she you know, knocked out of the park and I'm not that familiar with her from other things, but just Mm. the transformation. I mean, I'm sure they both watched, you know, hours of interview footage with the two of them to try to, you know, nail the voice and the inflections and everything. But it's just, it's just uncanny. I mean, it's not until you see her in Canada flashbacks with Burnett hair that you even understand this is the actress you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were around, she had to wear like a fake forehead and obviously like, breast implants and all kinds of just, you know, just insane makeup and all that stuff should be, should, should win Emmys, I think. Yeah. 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 And yeah, if you were alive or, you know, around that time, like there was not probably a bigger star, right? Pamela Anderson is like, yeah, one of the top, top names in, in the entertainment of industry. the nineties for sure. And yeah. it covers kind of watch, her, uh, her meteoric, uh, rise and fall. Jacob, mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. watch barbed wire, right? That's what, yeah, that's what I was going to say, because it covers like, you know, she's in Baywatch at this point. She's, you know, obviously Baywatch was a very watched show during the time, but she wanted to break into the movie business. So she made this movie called Barb Wire, which is a comic book uh, adaptation. And it's it's the the movie itself is very strange because it's like a retelling of Casablanca with Humphrey Bogart where she's playing the Humphrey Bogart role as this like femme fatale character. But Mm -hmm. it's in post-apocalyptic like. 2017 it's got like heavy metal yeah it's very much it's very strange but i do want to watch it now because of this movie or because of this show so fascinating fascinating yeah you think uh Um, seth rogan would need a lawyer after like during these proceedings and if so do you have anybody colin that he could call upon better call saul Uh, (laughs) is that that who he should call probably needs a criminal lawyer yeah i think you're right yeah yeah um yeah yeah, I've been watching that. That's kind of my big adult drama wrap-up. I watched that mm. finale. I thought that was just a fantastic end. I, I think I kind of had said in a previous episode that, uh, yeah, I even think maybe better than Breaking Bad. Hmm. That's that? one I need to uh, catch up on. I watched the first couple seasons of that, but I've uh, kind of got away from me a little bit, so I need to catch up on that one for sure and finish it. Gotcha. See, I was I was thinking more like, um, you know, like a, a super lawyer. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was, it was I, I see was the thinking. angle you're going now. <laughs> well, I, I, I prefer this, Mike. Yes, uh, Jake yeah. and I have been enjoying She-Hulk. Now, you have <laughs> not gotten around to this yet. She-Hulk no, I was watching too much Karate Kid. <laughs> That's right. You will, and Normies, we will do an episode on this when it ends. Uh, and Mike, I think you'll adore it as much as we have been. Nice, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I know you guys say it's quite funny. I enjoy seeing the bus and bench ads in Los Angeles for it as if she's just a regular lawyer in the Los Angeles area. That's very fun. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, it's got Obligato. kind of a mixed reception on the internet so far. And I'm, I kind of find it strange because obviously a lot of it's the same, like, Oh, you know, 
go woke, go broke or whatever. But there are a lot of people that saying like they don't like the writing, they don't like the humor or whatever. And I just kind of don't see where they're coming from with that with that, because it is I mean, sure, if you don't like the Marvel humor, you might not like it. But to me, this is the show that should be the most comedic. It's like a more comedic story. Um, it's more episodic, but it's just about this lawyer who's just trying to be a regular lawyer, but also happens to be turned into a Hulk, uh, you know, against her will, kind of. And now she's like, well, I don't want to do all the superhero stuff, but I guess I have to now. Um, and it's just, you know, she's just trying to live her life. And I think it's, you know, very endearing. Yeah, um, I, I love the premise. You know, it's like, yeah, she wants nothing to do with the super life, but she kind of has no choice. I think that's very fun. She just wants to be a top lawyer right yeah like she gets hired at this big firm but then she finds out it's for the superhero law division you have and part of her contract is that she has to be she hulk in the office at all times basically we didn't hire you we hired she hulk you dummy um Um, it's very true to she hulk comics the current runs by this guy named charles soul who did more of the bent of what if it was a legal comedy um, they're obviously parroting like Ally McBeal again, talking about nineties things, right? Right. Jacob? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, you know, when you say the mixed reception, I really think it is just the vocal minority. I just think it's that, you know, insane. But even subset. people that I, you know, sometimes will agree with on stuff like, uh, like different YouTubers or whatever, not the ones that you're thinking of, but just like yeah. some that are usually pretty fair about stuff. They just don't like the writing, I guess, or they don't like really. The yeah. So Completely I'm not sure why, off. but. To I me, mean, this is be, one of the the best uh, Marvel shows that I've seen. Yeah, I would be ready for something that is tonally different than just Hawkeye yeah. or, you know, like like the Punch-Em-Ups, you know. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know if soldier, people are just Like this is a completely taking, different genre like WandaVision was. Yeah, it seems like people are just taking things too seriously or something. Like just think of it like a, you know, a, a Saturday morning cartoon type show. Like you don't take those shows super seriously. But no, that's you know, it's like, what, it. Yeah. They got 20 other movies worth of baggage that they're bringing into it. Maybe leave it at the door. Relax. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's a, I think it's a grand old time and the the episodes are like half an hour long. They're not super long or anything. It's just very easy breezy and uh, it's a good watch. Were were any of us big on Tatiana Maslany before this? Anybody here an orphan black fan? I have never watched that. I've never watched it. I always like when she's in stuff, but uh, I never got around to watching orphan black. She's very funny on every podcast I listen to because I guess she's got a huge improv background from Regina, mm. Canada. So mm. I do appreciate that about her. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah give it a shot. You guys have been speaking. It's got a lot of, uh, yeah, it's got tons of cameos from different, uh, you know, MCU characters. Wong, everybody's favorite. Yeah. Yeah, Abomination's you know. been in it, stuff like that. You know, he was hanging out with Wong, I've heard. So. Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking forward to now that I finished Karate Kid, I can go to the second best written connected universe, the MCU, and uh, give this a try. (laughs) There you go. Right, right, right. Um, I have another quick show that is sort of connected to another universe. That's just quick shout out. What we do in the shadows is back. I've been enjoying Mm. it. Um, I the show I've never seen the movie still. You know, it's a Taika joint. I know Love and Thunder didn't love, but. Um, yeah, shout out to what we do. I think it's very funny. One of the, one of the best shows. That's another one that I've been watching too, Mike. And, uh, along with reservation dogs, which I want to talk about a little bit too, but another um, show. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, I just, I did just start, uh, what we do in the shadows recently. I'm on season two now, so I'm kind of Uh, going through the old seasons and yeah, it's, it's a really fun show. 
Nice. And, and if you're listening, uh, shout out to Kyle Newichek, my, my college editing teacher. He worked on Workaholics. Now he's a producer director on what we do in the shadows. Congratulations, Amazing. sir. Good job. You know, nice. Thanks for the foot fifth yeah. way DVD. Proud of you. And I love the, uh, <laughs> the character named Colin Robinson, who's an That's energy right. vampire. Uh-huh. Colin Robinson sucks the, the energy out of people. Yeah. Mark I love that. Korsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, from everything, a guy you've just seen in like every project. That fucking yeah, guy. He's great. Yeah. He is great. And everyone just hates him because he just fucking comes. gay. <laughs> Can we do yeah. the uh, hop to the other Hulu joint though, then the other Taika joint? Yeah. Reservation, Reservation dogs. Quickly, dogs. You know? So this is one that was created by, uh, so I think this is one of the ones where Taika kind of puts his name on it, but it's less creatively involved. Uh, but the other guy, Sterling Harjo, uh, it's kind of his life story because he he's a native American grew up Mm -hmm. on reservations, that kind of thing. And also most, I believe most, or if not all of the writing and directing team of this is like native, uh, you know, people of native ancestry and stuff. So it's very, you know, drawn from their lives, but it's obviously about, uh, four kids growing up on a, a native American reservation in Oklahoma and just living that life and kind of the struggles they're going through. Their other friend who committed suicide a year before the show started. So they're kind of dealing with the trauma of that. And um, just mm-hmm. a really good show. Like the, the chemistry between all the actors is just really solid. And, and uh, you know, it has a strong sense of like atmosphere and place of just like being there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real like kind of coming of age, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, all coming of age is like dealing with identity and your place in society. But then there's the backdrop kind of the native heritage and how does that all tie in and stuff. I think it's really well done. Um, and if Ty could just put his name on it to help it get off the ground, I think that's all it needed because the show really stands on its own legs. And yeah, I've seen it no, I think episode. it's Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's great uh, that wonderful. he does that. And, yeah. Um, really and I don't know how to he try might be. Uh, catfish and fry bread. I've never had fry bread before, but now I want to know what it is. Uh, that's so bad right. for you. Hey, yeah. Me I'm ones. already like appropriating, like, you know, they call people shit asses all the time. I love shit asses. I like Skoden. I shouldn't maybe steal the lingo, but it's, they, they have a, yeah. it's a very cool uh, kind of vibe with these kids. I do appreciate hanging out with them every week. Yeah. And um, to me, you know, the way they kind of cast some of the uh, smaller characters, very interesting. Obviously, a lot of uh, native actors and stuff, uh, like Gary Farmer, who's who's one of the most well-known uh, native actors from you know seventies through the nineties. Like he was in you know Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so Zon McLaren, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so really good stuff and even even like tiktok stars and stuff they're like like you oh, remember the guy that uh yeah he was skateboarding listening to uh fleetwood mac and, and drinking the cranberry juice oh, and everything. Dog face? yeah he's, he's on the show face. now season two he's in it and uh he's just in, the, it, in it like he's, he's like in it yeah acting he's like a, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like a minor character side character he's doing Actually, good and then even yeah. amber mid thunder is in an episode of season two as a guest star so yeah, they're killing it with the with the supporting characters and everything. She's really, really good that in that episode. episode. She's really funny. Really? <laughs> She's yeah. Does she hunt people? Is that what it's about? They're doing a uh, like a conference about like owning your heritage and decolonialization and she's like the the city native who so she's like from the city and like trying to like act like she's part of the shits you know yeah it's very uh, it's funny. very funny she's like a social media influencer um, yeah yeah but she's kind of out of touch you know it's it's very good. yeah <laughs> and just the way they've expanded the supporting cast i think in like connected everything it's like really well done i think and they're like just building this whole kind of world 
that you can yeah it's it's visit. fun slice of life for sure um yeah and similar like you know pray you know amber mid thunder another hulu joint you know hulu's doing some interesting stuff i have an, a quick anecdote about pray um I, I told my dad to watch it and then he texts me he says hey i'm watching that pray movie and then he starts texting me all this stuff like they're attacking the park office now i'm like well yeah but what do you think is a dog he's like what dog and i'm like oh my god there's a movie called prey on netflix p-r-e-y and it's about oh. these four guys that get lost in the woods and then hunted by some crazy lady and I'm like, oh, he's watching the wrong movie, the wrong prey. prey. Yeah. Cause he was on Netflix, not Hulu. And they're both P-R-E-Y. The alien. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't see a predator throughout the whole movie. Like what, what did you watch? That's it's amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's my anecdote. Of, but did he prey. end up watching the other prey? He, this was yesterday as of recording when he texted me. So he's ah. going to, <laughs> but I was like, yeah. I told you to watch. Anyway, uh, don't get Netflix and Hulu that's mixed up. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Colin, wow. you have any any shout outs you want to mention on the streaming side? Yeah, no. I'll, I'll give one last uh, one. Um, here's kind of my obsession at the moment. I needed a quick show before Cobra Kai and mm-hmm. um, a podcast Jacob and I enjoy called Get Played. It's a video game podcast. Stars the Incomparable, Heather and Campbell, Nick Weiger, Matt Apodaca, just going through video games. They have a Patreon spinoff podcast now called Get Animated. Where they That's do a right. watch along with anime, I'll throw a comedian five dollars one month a year. I have a million Patreon podcasts, so why wouldn't mm-hmm. I do this one? Mm-hmm. Got to the point where they finished their first show. I thought I'll jump on now and just go back and listen to them all. Oh, and that so first you're... show they cover yes. is Evangelion. I have never, ever in my life watched Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. You've never gotten that fucking robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've 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 down with some robot mecha animes or mangas or stories, but mm-hmm. this was kind of my first one of this. Jacob, you have I think recommended this in the past to people. Yes. And this all hit Netflix, right? Yes, it's on Netflix. Uh it's a great, you know, obviously one of the classics of the anime genre or medium. Um everyone, you know, loves the show. Uh but yeah. So what do you think, Colin? Well, they well, Mike, you have obviously seen this, I would imagine. Mm -hmm, Okay, mm -hmm. and just watch it all. Now, my brother's the big anime person in our house. He's watched this as well. We did not watch this together. But Mm -hmm. on this podcast, Jacob, they make the claim of, well, this was the one that won the West. Mm. Which I disagree with. To me, that's Dragon Ball. I remember being Mm. there, like to me, it's Cowboy Bebop, Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy. I mean, Dragon Ball for sure. But I watched Cowboy Bebop back on Tsunami back But yeah. But tsunami, mm-hmm. but there wouldn't be a tsunami. That's in true. My yeah. Opinion, if there I wasn't never, Dragon Ball. Yeah, Dragon Ball. I never got on the Dragon Ball boat. I'm. That's kind of a blank. Uh, you know, a blank spot for me in terms of uh, my my. You know, popular culture knowledge. We'll, we'll do a to, superheroes uh, episode. We'll go yeah. see that new movie, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I need to clarify. Are you? We yeah. saying Dragon but, Ball please, or I want Dragon Ball Z? I, but here's the thing. There's two separate series, and I think I, Z right. is more popular than But Mike, yes. here's the scenario to my truth. As yes. a suburb kid in Ohio who would walk Similar. home to his friend Mark Birchnell's house, and they would go, this anime is on. Let me teach you what an anime is. It was Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. and then he would get the tapes of Dragon Ball, and we mm. would watch those at his house. Noted. Okay, so what's on TV most accessible is Z, and I think I would agree. Z won the West. It has more cool fighting than Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball's a little goofier, but I think Z. It's almost 
the Dragon Ball franchise is almost its own genre. It has such a unique art style, Akira Toriyama, right? Um, mm-hmm. That the more traditional anime show, because even Cowboy Bebop, not really anime. It's kind of transcends genre. Right. Evangelion would be that sweet spot of like traditional animation yes. style, storytelling, okay. themes. Well, Dragon Ball yeah. Z, High when school. that was on as a kid, I didn't even think of it as anime because no, I didn't know what anime exactly. was. It was just a yes. cartoon that was on because TV. Because it didn't exist reason. yet. And then yeah. everything after it, people were like, that's an anime. And I'd go, what's an anime? They'd go, Dragon Ball. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Right. Right. But, but more traditional. Evangelion. Like, Gundam, Wing, Gundam Wing and Evangelion. Yes. My, they have a similar style. That was Toonami. That was all Toonami. Right. That's when that was coming. Right. So back to Evangelion. Yes. Yes. Now. Okay. <laughs> Here's Koku, my thing. Yoni. Mike, one of the great uh, fly me. One of the great theme songs of all time. Yes, but all of it. Cruel Angel thesis. Anyway, you go ahead. Take it away. Here's my unfortunate thoughts. (laughs) Is that I I started this, and you know Heather Ann Campbell is just saying these things about how it changed her life. It's just it changed my life. You don't understand how important it is. When people say that, it's like. I will it's a buy lot of it. pressure. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, though, Jacob. <laughs> and then you're watching it, and you're going like, I can immediately tell how important this is. And I'm texting my brother and going like, I don't need to know that this thing gives me answers. But three episodes into this, I just need to know that these poor kids get answers. Well. <laughs> his response was, well. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the thing. I have now seen the whole series. Like I said, I wanted something short. 30-minute episodes, 20 episodes. That's nothing. And yeah. all on Netflix. And I've done what the watch-along that they do does, the right. end of Evangelion, which is the movie. The that, movie, OVAs and stuff. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. So having truly seen it all now and not having been able to verbalize how I feel or say out loud to any of them, I want to say to both of you that – Evangelion makes me wish that I didn't have any more awareness or like understanding of the world because I realize now the more of that I get, the more unhappy I will be. <laughs> and mm. this show like made me unhappy basically by making me more aware of life. Yes. Well, it's an yeah. interesting show, right? It draws you in with, with giant robots and stuff, but then it's really a show about, you know, a sad kid. And oh, uh, the pressure that, that society, yes. you yes. know, metaphorically or you know, literally. But yeah. by the end of it, a god is asking you the question of, isn't your individual sadness selfish compared to the <laughs> happiness of the collective of Utopia? And you're like, <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, Colin. Or the one. say that like. Truly, Normies, this is not a spoiler or anything. I would urge everyone to kind of take this journey because uh, it is almost therapeutic. But by yeah. the last image of the movie where you are watching your hero um, choke a woman because that is the way that he is sort of testing that reality is truth because to feel improper feelings is to know that you are alive. And for him to stop and he cries and she says pathetic and then it cuts to black and it says the end. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. Real. like, like I, I probably took like 30 minutes of silence yesterday just sitting by myself to just like go over what I felt about what I just watched. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's really heavy. And obviously the end of the show had famously it lost a lot of funding towards the end of it. So they just kind of had to. Oh, uh, 
that's why the the last couple episodes are like so strange and abstract because they just lost funding for like animation and stuff i mean the movie is shooting live footage by the end of it yeah Mm. um but it just it starts as like well, you think you know what's going on with like giant robots fighting angels it's or like whatever. It's like a kaiju it, show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then it just goes into just weird ex- existential places that you don't expect. And uh, it's it's insane, right? It's now, cerebral as hell. The other cerebral thing, of course, that I have not been able to stop talking about or thinking about, and I said at the top of this episode, is Nope. Nope has mm-hmm. very much stuck with me. Now, I have found an interview where Jordan Peele says, again, spoilers, everyone. Mm-hmm. That Jean Jacket is directly inspired by the third, the maybe the eleventh angel in Evangelion, which is just an eyeball uh. with big extending things that mm-hmm. constantly morphs and changes the entire time. What a fucking huh. nerd! I'm looking. I'm pulling it up right now because um, we do know he stole the um, Akira motorcycle shot. You know, yeah. He's, he's an anime nerd. He's, a, he's an animation an nerd. Fan. He likes gargoyles. Yeah. You know, he, he just, likes animation. But to me. That, but just what that does to me is like, I just want to know what Jordan Peele then thinks of Evangelion. Because I would like to know what he got out of seeing the entire journey all the way to the mm. end. And for just him to say, Colin, this is what it was about to me. Because I don't believe that anybody knows what it's about, I guess. Or, or I trust myself to know. Yeah. Is is that why he has a character named Angel? And, nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> the plot thickens, right? Um, there's yeah. also something about, you know, Shinji, right? You know, it is I know you feel sad about the thing, but if you do the thing, a lot more people are going to feel better about it. Then you have just don't o- run OJ away. who kind of doesn't he doesn't want to be the hero, but he kind of fucking has to be um, right. Sort of similar thought processes or at least um, moral quandaries that, that, you know, they want the creators want you to ponder. Uh, with yeah. these shows, you know, the person who doesn't want of, to be the hero sometimes has to be, even at right. personal cost. Yeah. And that's a lot of what Evangelion is, is a young kid who doesn't want to get in the robot, but everyone's telling him to get in the robot for the good of society. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mike, I have watched Gundam. You know, Gundam is about your duty. It is about the military. It's military. I have yeah. seen Big O. Big O is about the mystery, right? Big O is about the like, you know, a little what bit the of fuck Batman. is going on. And it's basically Batman. I have watched Gurren Lagann, where it is about a metaphor of like creation and harnessing your self-worth. But this mm-hmm. is the first one where a big mech show is like, but why do you get in the robot? Right. It's like, well, what do you mean? Why do I get in the robot? It's like, I have to save the world. It's like, why do you think you have to save the world? And I'm just like, hey. Hey, leave that kid alone. Just, yeah. And then all these other people are saying all this other stuff about their own self-worth. And then he's jacking off on top of the nude body mm-hmm. and he's crying because he did that. I'm and so truly, fucked up. I am. Yep. Classic I, anime frames. I am out loud saying the most Jacob, expensive like, cell that you can purchase. Just, I can't understand this. Like I just I'm, I'm gone. I There's nothing for me anymore. Yeah. Right. If I may uh, yeah. make an effort to. um interpret some intention here right because if you think sure. about the the traditional anime shonen style story which shonen stories are young young boy protagonist stories young adolescent like coming of age i'm going to be the hero very naruto right um you know the young kid who believes in himself and the power of friendship and we can get it done 
And then this is a show that's essentially opening like that and then deconstructing that genre in a way that's like, what do adolescents and young adults really deal with, like mentally, psychologically? So it takes this trope filled archetype of a shonen story and then just says, life is fucking hard and it's not believe it. You know, I want to be the next Hokage. It's like, why do you want to be the Hokage? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, instead, it's a creator goes like, okay, okay. So the first thing you need to do about my manga or my anime is obviously we all inherit the trauma of our parents, right? And you're like, well, hold on. This is where we're starting. Right. Nope. (laughs) Everybody grieves different. Yeah. um, It's it's wild. And to see stuff where like he doesn't want to, then there's like athletic kid who's like popular and like wants to do it. And what happens to him? And it's like, he's Jesus. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The person who should be most qualified. Right. Nope. Yeah. And you know, I don't even know why. Why does it need to be like these fourteen-year-old kids that are the ones in the robots? <laughs> that does that is, ever explain? Nah. <laughs> Other than the fact that, truly, to me, with uh, Genji, right, the father figure, I think he never. This is never directly stated about the power of the Evas. Obviously, we know the souls that are inside them. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I truly point. believe that they do feed off of your negative emotions. Cause when they're achieving synchrosity or whatever, and trying to get that hundred percent synchronization rate, yeah. they, they never say like, Oh, he's thinking happy thoughts or, you know, Oh, they never give like a motivation for it. Truly. I think they pick Shinji. Cause they're like, this kid's fucked up. Only someone who's fucked up can fucking pilot this thing. Put this asshole right. in here. And how fucked up is he? Because his dad is a big piece of shit for his whole life. Right. How much yes. dad is engineered. Right. <laughs> yes. And he's doing it on purpose. Mike. man, All crazy. No, it's a it's a fascinating show. It's a downer yeah. and it's it's yes. dark and it, it it's yeah. wild to take the shonen genre and then just flip it on its head yeah. like that. And like what is and real trauma look like for teens, right? Totally. And I think the the crazy thing about it is that when it was airing, it was like a super popular show in Japan and just to have it's like such a weird things. ending. Yeah. Well, it's and just Jacob like, by yeah. like the 12th episode, which the one we were just talking about where there are killing the kid inside the ship basically as he's possessed and turns over it Mm -hmm. ends with there's so much blood sprayed over these skyscrapers and stuff they got notes and they were like you've lost your time slot (laughs) yeah like we 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 made a mistake you can't they're like oh you caught us like yeah it was like whoops yeah (laughs) no one watched it before air like (laughs) yeah jesus christ truly here's a we don't talk a lot of anime on this Mm -hmm. podcast so that's i just wanted to throw that out there i don't watch a lot of it so to me to pick one like this and to go like Jacob's recommended that before my brother watched that in college that's kind of old you know mm. I, I kind of prefer these maybe even modern sort of like other Netflix animes that they have like a Castlevania which we argue about if that's an anime or yeah, mm-hmm. some right. other modern ones yeah. um, take the dive I would just truly to, I would yeah. just even say to anyone who you know I love David Lynch. I mean, I just did not expect this to be surreal. You know, mm-hmm. if you are looking for yeah. something with dreamlike narrative imagery, storytelling that makes you ask internal questions about yourself, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I wouldn't have thought yeah. it either. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely an off-kilter show. And um, I think the one thing with on Netflix is that they kind of fucked up the English dub or like they they – you know, lost some of the nuance of certain lines and stuff with the English dub. So there was kind of a controversy when it came out on Netflix at first. So, but if you don't care about that kind of thing, you can watch the English dub or just watch 
watch the Japanese dub with, you know, English subs and, uh, and yeah. whichever you prefer. But they pulled the final song. They don't have the rights to fly me to the mm. moon. The Frank Sinatra song, of course. And right. every episode ends with a different crazy cover of it. They are important, I would say, because so many episodes end with Shinji in the midst of a complete mental break <laughs> screaming out. And then it goes, fly me to the moon. <laughs> like, yeah. you do need that transition. So I would say hit pause. Pop that up on YouTube, which is what I started. Doing. Yeah, sure, sure. No, if, and if you're a fan of more modern stuff, maybe in this vein, like an Attack on Titan, where it's like still like this young I adult, but I'm going to be a hero, and there's giants yeah. in it, right? This yeah. is like they still want to be the hero. This is like I don't want to be. I want to be a teenager. And I think when you're at that age, right? Like looking at this purely in metaphor, it's like that's the age at which you are dealing with identity and what your place in society is and what feelings are appropriate or not shit like that. Right. You're growing up and there's all these forces influencing you. And it's a perfect kind of way to do it in this David Lynch anime, as you put it. Yeah, on. it's it's a fascinating work. There's nothing quite like it. Um, no. no. So check it out. It's definitely I, I would I, I say it's required uh, viewing in the anime space alongside Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Dragon Ball Z and Akira, um, at, at the very least, as we're totally. reading. Yeah. Oh, speaking of reading, ma- manga, real quick. I've started reading Berserk. Shout out to Elden Ring. Um, I'm only about t- ten books in, uh, wow. but it's good. It's dark. It's it's about trauma too. It's, it's yeah. That's another. What if Shinji was one that gets really through trauma and weird? <laughs> yeah. 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 Now yeah. we just we just talked about a shonen. Now this is what you would call maybe the greatest or most well known senin, right? Yeah. This is for teens. Senin is yeah more. It's seinen. more of a. It's more violent. PG thirteen slash R yeah. leaning. Yeah. 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 Where and it's PG, kind of PG uh, is shonen normally. You know, in the medieval fantasy genre but also way more like weird and fucked up in in a lot of ways too this is this is the work that directly inspired dark souls Souls. demon souls elden ring there's a lot of creatures and designs weapons ripped straight one armor in castlevania yeah there's also an armor and a complete enemy one of the most famous bosses in dark souls is there so i'm fascinated to jump into i I don't want to spoil anything or get too into it but uh yeah that's another kind of related uh, totally. Anime trauma. Mike, story. would you ever would you ever think about doing Chainsaw Man? Now that's a, a manga that's so popular and just about to get an anime for the first time. So maybe even something people could jump in on that yeah. I know nothing about. Friend of the show X Kaita recommends Chainsaw Man. It's a pretty wild mm. show um, mm. or book manga will be a show. So yeah, I, I would check out Chainsaw Man. I've only ever read two mangas: um, Death Note and well, three. Mm. Then JoJo Five, which is now airing on netflix i believe stone ocean stone, stone soup <laughs> yeah stone soup stone stone cold steve austin and then and now stone cold berserk, steve so sure yeah i've seen the show death note and the show berserk but the I'm movie's never... great the movie death note is... i i yeah. only love the live action <laughs> light <laughs> turner because he's turning the lights on and turning them on. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's it we should go to the final thoughts i guess yeah Sounds we good. don't have anything else uh if nobody Here's has any the final last thoughts pitches they want to make Let's hit the final thoughts. We're back. We have been talking 
our favorite things that we're watching currently, uh, listening to, reading, all that good stuff. We want you to reach out and uh, let us know what you're doing, too. But first, we'll give our, our final thoughts here on uh, the stuff that we're enjoying. I, I'm just going to stick to what my last pitch was out of all this stuff. I've been enjoying everything else we did, but my one de- decree would be uh, check out Evangelion. If, if that mm. doesn't sound like something you'd enjoy, trust me, it's something you might. Absolutely. Mm. It makes me want to rewatch. It's it. worth checking out for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to rewatch too. Yeah. There's a ton of OVAs like you can not advance. And, you know, there's a bunch of OVAs that kind of rehash the story in different ways. They add new pilots and Ava's and, and yeah, I'm not sure the order. Like, I think there's certain orders that people have made online that you can mm-hmm. look up of like to watch things in when to watch like end of Evangelion and all that. But yeah, start with I'm the series, get through that. Yeah. 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 But definitely that's um, a good one. Totally. Yeah, I would just recommend Reservation Dogs is really strong. I think that's definitely worth checking out. And Pam and Tommy, um, some good Hulu shows. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Watch Cobra Kai before the uh, next week's episode. If you don't want spoilers, I think it's, totally. I'm not kidding when I say one of the best written shows on television. Wow. Um, it makes Rings of Power, which we found out that those writers have literally written nothing. They have one credit, which is an uncredited yeah. role. Like an uncredited writing on some movie, but that's yeah, that's I'm not sure how they even got this job. I guess they just had they a got pitch dirt for, on somebody. Well, yeah. it's now leaking out that it seemed like their pitch was closest to what the grandson of Tolkien was interested in having the story be told. So he said, oh. "That's okay." Okay. Okay. Well, they're not doing good. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably it's, shouldn't listen to the great grandson of someone who made a good thing. Let's just put that out there. That all I'm thinking is you. it's going to be really embarrassing if Amazon ends up canceling this thing after one season. And I think they should so far with what they've shown me. I think it'll at least get two seasons because of how much yeah. they've invested in it. It but would be impossible. They'll operate yeah. at a loss. Yeah, they don't care. And they'll probably, you know, whatever numbers they're reporting, I'm sure they're probably inflated to or whatever. Because no one knows the internal numbers of who's watching what. So they can just say whatever, right? Yeah, so I'll be chaining myself to the desk to watch it every Friday, like reluctantly. <laughs> um, yeah. Not looking forward to it. As I said, at this point in the movies, we already were through like tons of adventures and we haven't even had like one adventure, really. Um, oh, right. So that's a bummer, but there's good stuff on the horizon. Hot D's good. Cobra Kai's good. Watch Evangelion, as Colin said, Reservation Dogs, I, I highly recommend as well. So uh, yeah, that's that's my watches. Hell yeah. Hot D, baby. Mm-hmm. Hot D. Get your hot D here. Get your hot D here. Uh, and then, as Mike said, just once again, we're giving you our last chance here. You've got another week. Watch all of Cobra Kai. It's very important. You get completely caught up on all of, of it so we can break it down together. Mm-hmm. And then watch Star Trek 6, right? After that? That's right. Yes. Star Trek 6. Our schedule. The Undiscovered uh, Country. We, oh, let's do a quick plug of that real quick, Normies. If you haven't been following along with the rest of our movie series, we've been doing uh, once a month the Star Trek theatrically released films, and we're about to come to the end of the original cast uh, filmatic run. That's mm-hmm. right. Right and before then, Generations, uh, when we get John I believe, Luke. yeah, bef- right. And before Generations, we're going to do a one-off of Galaxy Quest. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that'll be Star in Trek October, movie. and then November <laughs> will be Generations, etc. And yeah. then we'll do all the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. <laughs> Hooray! Yes, that's right. Gotta and get ready we'll... for the new series that are making. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we'll just jump right into every uh, OVA of Evangelion. Home Improvement. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, don't hold us to that one. Don't don't put me in no. that robot. But <laughs> but that's the rest of our schedule. Hit yeah. us up at normies underscore like underscore us if you want to recommend other stuff that we could do to fill in some of those gaps. We're gonna have some open episodes coming up, and uh, we love to hear from you all. Rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a ton. Check out the YouTube too, babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, appreciate y'all. Thanks, Jacob, for putting the videos up. And uh, of course, catch you next time. Thanks to Mike for doing all the work. And uh, Normies, we appreciate you listening. And uh, thank you so much. Talk to you later. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.